Welcome back to Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Adapter Gons. Looking great today, Gons. How have you been? I've been good, man. A lot of stuff going on. You know, freaking Embiid's going off. Um, Cat going off. Rosier being traded. The Bucks coach being fired. I feel like it's it's only been a week and a lot of stuff's been going down. It's a good preview of what we have what we have coming up today. But before we get to any of that, um, today is the fourth anniversary of Kobe and Gianna Bryant's tragic passings. Rest in peace to Gianna, Kobe, and the rest of the people who lost their lives that day. Kobe's influence is still felt all over the league, and I still can't believe he's gone. Gons, do you want to add anything? No, man. I mean, I agree. can't agree with you more. I mean, I see videos about him motivating people every day, from NBA players to your ordinary everyday folk to celebrities. So, um, yeah, it's always his mentality will always be remembered as one of the hardest working men out there. 100%. Um, speaking of Kobe Bryant, on the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point performance against the Raptors 18 years ago on Monday, big men Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns paid homage to the Black Mamba by having their own record-setting performances. Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 points in a home loss to the Charlotte Hornets. Joel Embiid scored 70 in a home win against Victor Wenbinyama and the San Antonio Spurs. Let's talk about Embiid's performance first. He scored 70 on 41 shots, 21 free throws, and only one three-pointer against one of the league's best defensive centers. What's your What's your reaction to Embiid's performance last Monday? I mean, I think it's he's obviously making a case for the MVP, right? Uh, phenomenal. Dominated the game. It was... I mean, wow, that's all I could say. I was watching that game. It was a nationally televised game. So for him to come and show out when all the people were watching, it's fantastic. I, I, I really do think he's going to be the clear MVP this year. The only thing holding him back, a caveat, if he misses six more games, he's eliminated. So that's true. Yep. Is it going to choke it? Like, I mean, who else, right? I mean, I don't know. You've been watching Kawhi Leonard play. Michael Thompson the other day said he's the best basketball player in the NBA right now in regard to multi-skills. The guy does nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, if you're not if MB doesn't qualify for the MVP, then Kawhi Leonard does have a case. But a name I'll, I'll bring up later is Shea Gilgis Alexander. That guy, he's he was voted as the number one guard by media and the players. Over Curry. And- wow. Yeah, well, we'll get to that a little bit later, too. Yeah, so SGA, that guy has, a, especially if um, uh, Minnesota falters a little bit and OKC maybe makes another trade, I could see SGA getting slipping into that MVP conversation if Embiid does kind of fall off. But after this performance, do you view Embiid as the MVP favorite currently? Yes, I do. Right, it's it's it sucks because you wished Embiid had a better playoff resume. Like he did great last season. Potentially, people say he kind of he kind of stole the MVP from Jokic last season because he and also with him flaming out in the playoffs so much. So he might be more deserved this time because I don't think Jokic like to, to your point from before. 
Jokic, I, I don't think he's looking to win the MVP. He's kind of just looking to play, try to get Denver to the playoffs and try to win the championship then. Um, but with with Embiid, he could put up these numbers. But for, for me, specifically, in my opinion, I, I think he could put up all these numbers, but it really won't make a really won't make a difference if he doesn't deliver in the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I have them as uh, them in Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Now you add Doc to the mix. I don't think that was a good idea, and I know we'll talk about that later. So, I mean, I do think they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals with Boston at this point in the season. Um, now, if they're going to beat Boston, that's another story. But, I mean, I got them going to the ECF. So, with Philadelphia, Tyrese Maxey potentially could be an all-star this season. The all-star guards in the East, it's going to be really tough to get in. But I think Maxi's going to be an all-star. So with Embiid and Maxi, your third guy is Tobias Harris. Now Tobias Harris is on a you know forty-six million dollar expiring contract. Do you try to lean on Tobias Harris to be the third guy, or do you try to trade for someone like Zach Levine, even though he's making forty million dollars over the next five years, he could be that dynamic third option um, and get your own bucket. So if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, do you stand pat, try to get Zach Levine, or look to get somebody else? No, man, I I stay where I'm at just because like they got a good they got a good thing with chemistry. Um, Marcus Morris has been in like a gem on that squad, stepping up. Kelly Oubre, you know, plays defense, can shoot the three. Um, you got a solid squad. You got your little scrappy Pat Bev coming off the. Is that right? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you got your scrappy right. Pat Bev coming off the bench. It's a solid squad. It's 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 what you need. You don't always need star power. I think Zach Levine would be a cancer. There's maybe a handful of teams. Where do you think Zach Levine could go that wouldn't harm the team? Like, I can't think of many options. There's maybe got to be three or four. Yeah, I mean, he, he wants to be the first primary option or the secondary option to be the third option to a team. You're right. I'm not sure if he'd really accept that role. So... Um, he could potentially, but again, he's making forty million dollars, and that's top two, top two player money. So yeah, you're right. I I, I don't as much as I kind of want to see this because you can't really depend on a Maxi and in the playoffs yet. You kind of need a dynamic third scorer. Depth is very important. Chemistry is very important. So being able to have like an eight nine man rotation, like a definitive eight nine man rotation at this point, I think it's more valuable than getting Zach Levine. Uh, before we get off of Embiid, I have a little game for you, Gons. Uh, Embiid became the ninth player in NBA history to score 70 points or more in a game. Can you name three of the remaining eight players that scored 70 points in a game? Okay, Kobe. Yeah. Michael Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. No? Not Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan never had 70 points. He had 69 points. Oh, because I was... Nice, but not I 70. only say it because I was watching the game, and after the game, they told Embiid, him and Michael Jordan are the only players to have 70 points, 15 rebounds, and 5 assists. And then he was shocked that Wilt didn't do it. So they threw out MJ's name on national TV. But you are 100% sure he's not on the list. He's, he did not score 70. And that, comment, I'll guarantee that commentator that. Was, was misleading. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, obviously Wilt Chamberlain. All right, one more. Kareem. Kareem did not get to 70. Uh, can you give me a clue? 
happened last season. What? Twice. Oh, was it Clay? Clay Thompson? Clay had 33 and a quarter, which I think was a record, but not did not get to someone who could get buckets last season. Mm-hmm. Dame. Dame, Dame, well, Dame got it before, but yeah, Dame did get 70. So the remaining list, as far as the two people that got out last season, was Donovan Mitchell, Spider got 70. So did Devin Booker got 70. Not last, okay, Spider got it in 70. It was actually Dame and Spider got 70. Booker got it, I think it was like three years ago before the Suns got good. It was on like the last game of the season. I remember them posing for a picture. Uh, David Robinson got 70 the day he was trying to gun for the scoring title, I think, 94. Um, and then Elgin Baylor and David Skywalker Thompson, so back in the 70s. So those are your seven players. Jordan did not get to 70 points. Of course, Kobe did it with his 81 um, as Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns were paying homage to him because um, that was on, just for the record, that was on Monday, January 22nd. On the flip side... Cat, Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 on 35 shots, 10 free throws, but made 10 three-pointers against Charlotte. He had 44 in the first half. However, he got cold in the fourth quarter, starting forcing up shots, and was actually bent down the stretch of the game, only scoring four points. After losing at home to the lowly Hornets, T-Wolves coach Chris Finch had some negative words about his team, in the press in the post game press conference, saying the game was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball, um, scathing words from the T Wolves head coach. Of course, they went on to you know, rebound and win the next game, but to lose to the Hornets at home was not a great look, especially if you're a top team in the Western Conference. Uh, what is your reaction to Carl Anthony Towns' performance last Monday, Gons? We know he can shoot the three, I, that that became evident last season. Uh, maybe even glimpses of a season before. That's, I mean, it's an amazing accomplishment. Great. You lost, so <laughs> it doesn't really count as much as the win would. Uh, but the team is dangerous. Again, I, I really like the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think they're definitely a sleeper, and they shouldn't be because I think they have the best record. Am I correct? Yeah, they have one of the best records in the Western Yeah, but there's there, no the West, one's yeah. counting a minute, so they have everything to gain and nothing to lose, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, because if you're looking at this, it's funny because people on on Twitter viewed Embiid's 70 as, oh, yeah, he's MVP, he's going for it, and he's doing really well. But then Cat's performance was more of a selfish performance because you do have, you know, Anthony Edwards only scored five points that game. Um, they didn't have Conley, so they didn't really have a, a veteran presence, you know, in, on the court to try to settle things down. So that was also part of it. So to to, to go through this and to call Carl Anthony uh, Carl Anthony Towns Towns immature, like should they be looking to move him, even though he can get his buckets, he can get the sixty points. Like, do you think that sort of mentality of scoring that much and kind of eschewing the game as a as a whole and allowing for a loss? Should they be looking to get rid of Towns? Oh, yeah, kinda... please. Please get rid of him and get sent him to the Lakers. Please. He's trash. Oh, the Lakers. Yeah. Come on. Cat's phenomenal. So what? He tried to score one game. His NBA track record's always been a team player. He's even moved down to a number two from a number one, and he did it willingly, smoothly. Now he's maybe even a number three, but he could still put up numbers Uh I you know I I think Cat has a lot of potential. The fact that he's improved so much on his three game, 
I would happily take him. I think Minnesota would be silly to trade him. And I don't know who they would get for him. Yeah, they kind of have to ride this out. They are number they one. They don't need in, him, though. For, I mean, they're big. Yeah. They're big enough. They don't need him. I mean, that's the thing. You, you trade for that contract. You trade for Rudy Gobert, potentially the best defender in the league. Um, Cat is really just more. He Cat wants to be a wing so bad. He he's he's. It sucks. That he, I think he in his mind he's more of a a wing as opposed to a big because he doesn't play like a big. He's a quote unquote best big man shooter of all time. His words. So yeah, to, to be the secondary option on, on a maybe tertiary option on the team is probably where he's going to end up. He's not going to be an alpha dog for sure. That's that's Anthony Edwards' team. Um, before we move on. This is the first time in 44 years and fourth time in NBA history that a pair of players scored 60-plus points on the same day. Uh, Embiid and Towns just did it 17-62. In 1978, David Skywalker Thompson and George Gurdon on the last day of the season um, were both gunning for the scoring title and both scored... David Thompson scored 73. George Gervin scored 68. Uh, Jerry West and Wilt Chamberlain both did it on January 17th, 1962. Uh, Jerry West scored 63. Chamberlain scored 62. And in 1961, uh, Chamberlain scored 78. And Elgin Baylor scored 63. So just to kind of put a bow on Embiid and Towns' accomplishment on the same day of Kobe's 81-point outburst against against the Raptors. Um, Anything else you want to add, Gons, before we move on? No, man. Let's move on. Per NBA.com, the Miami Heat have traded to their backcourt. Uh, ha- I'm sorry. Per NBA.com, the, M- the Miami Heat have added to their backcourt, picking up guard Terry Rozier from the Charlotte Hornets, the team announced today, or the team announced on Tuesday. Um, in the trade, the Hornets are sending Rozier to the Heat for veteran guard Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first-round pick. Miami adds a, a playmaking and scoring guard in Rogier, who's averaging a career-best 23.2 points per game, along with 3.9 rebounds, 6.6 assists, and 1.1 steals per game. He's shooting 45.9% overall and 35.8% on three-pointers this season. Lowry is averaging 8.2 points, 3.5 rebounds, 4.0 assists uh, this season while shooting... 42.6 overall and 38.5% from three. Rogier gives the Heat instant offense from the guard position. Jimmy Butler can rest a little bit more on offense with the potential scoring load handed off to Rogier and Tyler Hero. What are your thoughts on Rogier to the Heat, Gons? I like Larry. I um, felt like he was a good veteran presence and he still had a little bit of gas left in the tank. I don't know what's going to happen with him in Charlotte. Um, but yeah, I mean, Terry, Terry, Terry's a younger player and he was going off this season, man. A couple, a couple weeks ago, he had like 27, 29, 25. His last two games, he struggled a little bit. I think he's still getting acclimated. I like what Charlotte's doing. In essence, it looks like they're, once Hayward's money comes off, they're going to have a lot of money and they already have draft picks. So they're again. We talk about rebuilding and rebuilding the right way. They're doing all the right things to be really, really good in a couple years. So kudos to them for that. I would say the trade's a win-win. Do you put them above the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, Knicks, Cavs, or Pacers after? See, this that's trade? the thing. Like this season, there's five or six really good teams. I think Miami thinks they're one of those good teams, but they're not. 
Uh, and that's that's like the, like that's where you're like, do I want to give more assets? Let's be real. There's always one or two teams that sneak in that have no business being there. I I'd say maybe the Lakers were that team last year. But I mean, off the, dude, Boston, Milwaukee, Philly, Denver. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. in, in the West, it's it's Denver. It's 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 you got to consider it. Okay, I mean OKC, even though no one is. You know, but it's realistically Denver. Like, who's going to get past Denver? There's, they're so far ahead of the pack. You don't even mix them with the other teams, right? It's like Denver, and then you got those three teams in the East. And if you really wanted to be teacher about, to, okay, Boston, Denver. And I just don't think Miami has enough. And I don't know if trading more future assets is the way to go, considering what they have on their squad now. With the with the Heat, though, last season they were the eighth seed, and they they have made it to the past two out of the past four Eastern Conference Finals. for and, and they've had this kind of the same team with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo with Tyler Hero. They didn't, they didn't even have Tyler Hero last season, and they still made it to the NBA Finals. So with their track record, are you downing them too much? Like, should we be giving them more love, even yeah, though I, I agree. the record doesn't show no, it? I, I, look, when they got there the last two times, I thought they had no business being there. So I'm a, a, Pat Riley probably knows what he's doing, you know? Again, there's the X factor. There's Spolstra, probably the best coach in the NBA, right? Imagine what he could do with a real team. Uh, so, yes, no, absolutely, you know. And maybe getting Rozier, maybe maybe they're not seen in everyone's eyes like me as a clear winner. But so what? So what if it helps you get from the first round to the second round, right? That's a lot more revenue, business wise. It makes a lot more sense. So. Kudos to them for trying to compete and not rebuild. But, again, Boston, Denver. But variables happen, Matt. People get outcoached. People get hurt. People go on slumps. You know, we've seen this season. So they they got a puncher's chance for sure. All right. I would assume the Hornets would buy out Kyle Lowry so he could play for a contending team. Yeah. Um, before you name a team that you think you could help, there is a, there's a new rule that was put into effect this season. Because these teams are above a certain apron on the salary cap, they're unable to sign Lowry because he made too much money at the start of the season. These teams include the Golden State Warriors, the LA Clippers, the Boston Celtics, the Phoenix Suns, the Milwaukee Bucks, and Denver Nuggets. They could also throw the heat in there, but Lowry just got off of the heat. I assumed he'd go to the Suns, and now that he can't, what team should he sign with? Like, let me give you a few options. So as far as if you're, I was looking at the team, the remaining teams, you're maybe looking at an Indiana, maybe to back up Halliburton, maybe to the Knicks to back up Brunson, Minnesota in case Conley gets hurt in order to back up Conley. And then there's always a factor with the Lakers. So just a few options there uh, out of those four teams. Like who are, do you think a veteran like Kyle Lowry? Cause he can't be your starter anymore. Where would he work best? Do you think? I think depending on what happens with the Lakers, he could be a great fit for the Lakers. That's one team. I I don't know who else I I could see him playing with. Um, that needs a point guard. I mean, he is a point guard. He's not your most traditional point guard, but a contender. Can you see him going to the Knicks? 
Are they over the salary cap? Yeah, see, it's like if there's a, if there's issues with um, with Grimes on the Knicks, I could definitely see Kyle Lowry going there to at least give Brunson some backcourt depth, um, some veteran leadership on that because some Julius Randle can kind of go off the deep end. Um, let's just be real. So if Brunson's there and um, Brunson needs some rest for fifteen for twelve fifteen minutes, I could see Kyle Lowry going to the Knicks. Um, at, at, to, to to be his to, to be a veteran presence in the backup. So I, I, for me, I would say the Knicks. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. All right, uh, let's move on. The Milwaukee Bucks decide to fire first-year head coach Adrian Griffin on Tuesday, even after a thirty and thirteen start. Griffin was a former player and had jumped around the league as an assistant before landing the job with the Bucks after my, coach Mike Budenholzer was fired after losing in the first round of the playoffs last season. Though Giannis vouched for Griffin's hire, there were reports that Griffin had lost control of the locker room over the past couple of months. And after management surveyed some of the practices earlier this month, they decided to rip the band-aid and relieved Griffin of his duties. What's your reaction to Adrian Griffin, Griffin getting fired? Do you think he should have been given more of a chance since they were 30 and 13? Yeah, man, uh... Like, it's unjustified, if you ask me. Why? What was the reasoning? Okay, there's a few different few different schools of thought. They were a top defensive team under uh, under Bud. Um, they switched a lot. Um, they moved into more of a drop into more of attack and drop sort of defense um, under Adrian Griffin. They were 22nd in defense. Um, this season, of course, that can, can be contributed to um, ha- <laughs> trading trading uh, Drew Holiday for for Dame Lillard. Secondly, Terry Stotts was on that assistant uh, assistant coach crew before the season started, but they fired oh, Coach Terry Stotts. Actually, left the team uh, before the season started because of an incident with Adrian Griffin in practice. Um, plus, after there was an incident with Bobby Portis and the team. After losing to the Pacers in the in-season tournament, where at that point it felt like the, you know, the fans and media around the team felt that Adrian Griffin had lost the team at that point, um, and then had been continually losing Giannis's trust um, up up through the firing um, a couple days ago. Uh, Giannis had you know said that he had backed Adrian Griffin uh, in the beginning of the season, and he's still backing Adrian Griffin now, but that wasn't kind of the kind of the case. So it's really just. Losing control of the locker room, having the defense being less, and with Giannis and Dame, you figure that they could have a deadly uh, pick and roll game, and they only have they haven't been running it as much as they really, they really should have. So we'll, I'll kind of get to that in a little bit later. But yeah, so the offense was a little bit stagnant. The defense wasn't as good because the scheme was was off. Um, again, the, the Terry Stotts thing, and then just losing control of the locker room. So as far as four different different reasons why he potentially could have been fired because no one we haven't seen a coach fired like this since LeBron fired David Blatt um with from the Cavs after a 30 and 11 start even though they did go on to win the championship with Tyron Lue so you can kind of figure out hey if if LeBron did that maybe I can do that too with Giannis um again five different reasons why they could have potentially fired Adrian Griffin so after hearing all that do you think he still should have been given more of a chance because they were th- thirty and thirteen? I that's that's tough. That's a, that's a, I mean you you named four different things. 
You know, I'm not there every day. I just feel like from the outside, seeing a guy that's 30 and 13, and you're not even literally giving him halfway to the season to fire him is significant. If, But like you said, it must have been to the point where Milwaukee wants to win a title and they felt like this guy isn't the, the captain of the ship to take him there. So if that's the case, <laughs> but... <clears throat> Let's say Giannis is, is the guy that kind of got, got the coach fired, and then he didn't he get Bud, Budenhauser fired? Yeah, I mean, he didn't vouch for him because the, the thing with Coach Bud is that he didn't make many playoff adjustments. So you had teams like the Heat last year just absolutely just scheme him to death. Yes, they, the only game they won, they made like 33s. But those other four games, the Heat just out-coached them and outplayed them. So... It was also a contributing factor of Coach Bud getting fired. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this, and I'll leave it at that. Um, I feel like Giannis's comments in the beginning of the season of, oh, we better have a contender, we better win a chip, talking about his future with the Bucks. now maybe flexing a little bit to remove coaches is not something that's attractive to other teams i know he's a star and he's a superstar i get it but um i don't know if he's becoming a little bit of an nba diva you know so i get it they fire this coach now if another coach gets fired at the end of this season or in the, like in a year and a half then it may not be a coaching problem before we get to who they hired another last factor which i thought was funny was that Giannis. He, they had he had lost Giannis because um Adrian Griffin wanted to cut his brother Thanasis from the team. Um, that was also uh, maybe another factor of him not trusting Adrian Griffin anymore. So um, after the before the first game, after Adrian Griffin got fired, you could see the Bucks that were were dancing on the floor, um, m- most likely because Adrian Griffin you know, got fired. So with Adrian Griffin, like you said, he was a first year coach. He had he had interviewed for fourteen other job position or head coaching positions before finally landing this one. So there's a reason you interview fourteen times and you get it on your fifteenth time. Maybe you're just not meant to be an NBA head coach. Plus, there was also things in the off season where they were looking to hire Nick Nurse, but Giannis didn't want to hire Nick Nurse, so he found the next available person and wanted to hire Agent Griffin, and that's your star player, like you said. He could be a petulant star at this point because he picked an obvious, you know, a great coach in Nick Nurse. You can see what he's doing with the with the Sixers to bring in a guy who was who couldn't get a, a a head coaching position even after 14 interviews. So that's why if you're if you're in a team in a championship position, you really can't bring in a first year coach like the Lakers. But um, yeah, let's move on. Uh, the following day, then the Bucks hired Doc Rivers, who had been a color commentator for NBC or for ABC, after getting fired from the Sixers last season. Doc Rivers, who won a championship as a head coach of the Celtics back in 2018, uh, 2008, was named the, one of the 15 best coaches of the past 75 years uh, on the silver uh, the 75 year anniversary of 2022. However, he's best known for blowing leads in playoff series, most recently blowing a 3-2 lead against the Celtics with the Sixers last season. What's your reaction to Doc Rivers getting hired in Milwaukee Guns? I feel like if you're going to make a change halfway through the season, it has to be someone like a Doc Rivers. I'm not saying Doc Rivers is a great coach. 
but he demands the voice of the locker room. And when you're having locker room issues, you're not going to have that with Doc, at least not in the beginning. They're going to give him his kudos. That's just been Doc's track record. That's why people like Doc Rivers. You know, of course, he's only won a limited amount of championships and he's done this and he's taken a lot of teams to playoffs, but they haven't gone all the way. Um, but we could blame that on the Doc or the Clippers curse that we don't know. But it's Doc Rivers. He's going to demand the locker room. I don't think they had any other option. And I think Doc will make it work. Why? Because the team wants to make it work because they want to show this guy Griffin was a piece of crap. Look what we can do now with Doc. So Doc may have walked in to a gold mine. I mean, you know, he has a one out of five chance to win the championship with that team. One out of four, one out of five. Pretty good. Walking into a 30 and 13 team. Not, I mean, good for Doc. For sure, good for Doc. Like, he was a, like, I think he wanted to take this year off, but then he had been on podcast with Bill Simmons about and stressed to anyone who would listen to that podcast, how they needed to run more pick and roll with Dame and with Giannis. And now he's going to get that opportunity. So to, I guess his reputation as a, just a, a leader of men, you know, was, was good enough for the, for the, for the bucks to hire him because you weren't going to bring in an assistant. You weren't going to bring in a first year head coach. We just went through that. So to bring in doc rivers, you kind of have to ignore the blown leads thing. You know, the Clippers blown leads, Celtics blown leads, um, Rockets or the yeah Sixers uh, um, Clippers blown leads. So you kind of have to ignore that. He's a leader of men. Hopefully, at this point, you have Dame Willard and you have Giannis Antetokounmpo. There was outside of, like I heard they were also looking to interview Nate Nate McMillan and your guy Jeff Van Gundy for this position but overall they went with with gone with with gone, with doc so kudos to the, to the, to the uh, to the bucks for identifying you know the, the coach wasn't working you know unlike some teams um the coach wasn't working you kind of you have to cut bait early right so it's better to to make this transition you know now as opposed to later on right guns oh yeah i agree that's why I'm worried that the Lakers didn't make a coaching change. And I hope they don't now at this point because you're getting to a half point in the season. So you're you're kind of stuck with him at this point. I mean, he'd really have to lose the locker room for him. For, and if that's the case, then you got very limited people you could pick from. Yeah. So D'Angelo Russell has been you know, shooting flames out of his butt in January. And last night he made nine three-pointers. Um, against the Chicago Bulls and against a, a pretty good defender in Alex Caruso. Um, and has your thoughts on D'Angelo Russell changed over the past week? No, but I'm loving him for increasing his trade value. Great job, D'Angelo. Don't get fooled, Polinka. Do not get fooled. He is shooting a lot. He's shooting at will, bro. He's just, he's a couple nights ago, he had an insane amount of attempts. He knows he's out the door. So he's like, screw it. I'm just going to shoot the ball as much as I want. Fortunate for him, they're going in. Fortunate for us, they're going in. But are they going to go in on a consistent basis? I mean, years of history will say no. So good for him. He's helping us. We might even get some. I mean, we may even get a better package for him. But 
my 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 question is like, why is he stepping it up now? Because he feels like he's gonna be traded. Is he just getting lucky and he's on a hot streak, or is he capable of shooting this well all the time? I mean, I don't think so. Do you? January, the Lakers played so many home games, and in December they didn't. They played a lot of away games. So is D'Angelo's, um, I guess his hot streak contributed to him being more at home and being him being more comfortable and not on the road, like all, all those games where he went nuts against against the Warriors and against the Grizzlies, the Lakers are at home. So I think I can contribute attribute that to him. You know, I, I, the Lakers going on a road swing now. We'll see if that if his hot shooting you know continues, um, especially when they play you know the ne- the next away game here. So can this be maintained, Gons? I don't know. Um, percentage wise, it's somewhere in the middle uh, as always. It's it's not as bad as it was in December. It's not as good as it was in January. So like like I, I think it will increase his trade value maybe. Another team's willing to maybe the Atlanta Hawks are willing to keep D'Angelo Russell when they do potentially trade him for Dejounte Murray because I think that was the holdup where the the Hawks didn't want to keep D'Angelo they wanted to ship into a third team but no other third team wanted to take him so maybe at this point they find a third team now because he is shooting so well uh, to take D'Angelo Russell contract so you might be right there Gons so before we leave today I know I know we're we're in a time crunch here uh, they announced the Western and Eastern Conference All-Star starters um, for this upcoming All-Star game in the Western Conference uh, the leading vote getter was LeBron James uh, Nikola Jokic Kevin Durant uh, Luka Doncic and Shea Gilgis Alexander so Steph Curry is not an All-Star starter in the East it was Giannis Jason Tatum Joel Embiid Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard over Jalen Brunson. Gons, what were your reactions to the to the All Star starters? And did anyone get snubbed? Like I just mentioned, Curry and I mentioned Brunson. Um, yeah, what are your reaction to these starter All Star starters? No, All Star starters. And in fact, I'm happy that. Let's be real. SGA is better than Curry right now. I mean, and and then in the past. It's always it's always the older player that's just more popular that gets that starting spot. Sometimes they haven't even played the whole season and they win. It's ridiculous. The one thing that boggles my mind, Matt, is why the hell is Canada not winning the damn gold medal in the Olympics? They've never medaled, or maybe they got bronze one year. Come on, dude, they're stacked. Canada's great. No, you're right. Canada, SGA, Murray, Wiggins. Yeah, no, they're they're a really good team. Hundred percent. I'm 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 kind of excited for the Olympics to see what happens with Canada. In fact, as we're planning our trip, if 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 we're planning, because I don't know who wants to go or not. Um, you know, I'm excited to if we do go in the summer to watch the Olympics because you know there should be some basketball on. The bad thing is it's going to be on ten hours ahead, so. I don't know. What does that mean? The game's going to be on at like 8 in the morning? Or they show replays of the game and you just kind of not keep track of who, who makes it. So, yeah. So, so we'll see um, with, with, with the with the guys' trip there. Maybe we could meet up and watch some stuff. So, if, when we record next week, the All-Star Reserves will be announced. So, we'll go ahead and react to the All-Star Reserves. Maybe we pick our own All-Star teams like we did in previous years. Um, Gons, is there anything you want to add before we leave today? No, man. Happy Friday. I'll catch you uh, next week. Catch you next week, Gons.
Alright, so before we leave today, we have the Kurt Goldsberry efficiency landscape of the past 10 games, uh, like we had last season. 8-2 and two over the last 10 is the... Um, Eight and two over the last ten is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're number one in net rating, number six in offense, number two in defense. As I said last week, they're doing this without a starting point guard Darius Garland and without starting point a power forward Evan Mobley. So with them doing so well now, should they be looking to trade those two guys or still? I know there's issues. There's been talks of of Mitchell wanting to be traded either midseason or in the offseason, but then with them doing so well, who knows? Um, maybe once they get Garland and uh, Mobley back there, they can they can make a push towards the top three seeds, you know, pushing those top three uh, seeds of so the Celtics, the Sixers, or the Bucks. But again, we'll see. Uh, number two in that rating is the New York Knicks with OG Ananobi. They're still rolling. They whipped on the defending champion Denver Nuggets last night, OG Ananobi, the difference maker in New York. They're number one in defense and number 16 in offense. Coach Tom Thibodeau was smiling um, with a joker-type Joker grin on his face last night after that win. So the Knicks are now number two in net, in, in net rating. Number three in net rating is the Oklahoma City Thunder number four on, on defense, number five in offense. They're just rolling right now. Um, even though they did lose that uh, um, back-to-back games against the Lakers and the Clippers, they're still on it. Like the Gon said, congratulations to SGA to kind of, you know, like I said earlier in the in the episode, SGA, is he's on the come up. That guy is maybe the best point, the best guard in the league currently. So props to SGA there. Yeah, so rounding it out, you have in fourth net rating, you have the uh, the Pelicans, and in fifth, you have the Los Angeles Clippers. So the, over the past 10 days, the, the Cavs, the Knicks, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Pelicans, and the Clippers. Uh, Denver has hit a little bit of a swoon, but that's okay. They're the champs. You're going to get everyone's you know best best shot. And the Celtics are still they're six, so they're still kind of chugging along there. Um, they did lose their um, their home winning streak uh, to the Nuggets. Uh, I, be, I believe it was last Saturday. They couldn't get a bucket down the stretch. Um, so if you listen to Bill Simmons and other you know Boston podcasters, they're concerned about getting buckets down the stretch because um, I guess Tatum nor Brown can get their own their own shot down the stretch, which is odd. Because you figured Tayden would because he's a Kobe disciple, but I digress. I think he's shooting too many threes from what I hear. So that'll be it for us today. Uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for joining us. Um, we have the NBA All-Star Reserves, like I said, are going to be announced um, before our podcast next week. So we'll re- react to them and any of the other weird stuff, crazy stuff that happens in the league, like this whole Embiid and Cat stuff, the trade The doc stuff happened earlier in the week, so it gave us a lot of stuff to talk about. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.